Hello, welcome to episode 199 of Three Beers and a Movie. I am Richard Laird and I'm with... Barry Neal. Barry, we're doing this again on a Monday night. It's a very drink grey day in Scotland. I'm assuming it's the same up your way. Yeah, though, the, I don't know if you can see it out that window, but the sun is just about setting, which is nice. Classic Scottish weather, pissing it down all day, and then just as the sun's going down, it decides <laughs> to come out. Just to yeah. say, actually, guys, I'll be back maybe tomorrow, but yeah. probably not. Probably not. But as we live in the central Scotland, we still can't really do much just now. Um, we can go out, but we can't really go and drink in bars and stuff like that. So you are, once again, we can't even go to the cinema, which is a bit of pain in the arse, mm. the rest of the country is doing it. And my Twitter feed is all full of people going to the cinema, and it's very sad. So we're, we're still doing this via Zoom. Um, are you drinking anything tonight, now that you're on your days off? Nah, just while we were having a quick chat off, Mike, I just slammed a coffee into my face, just to yeah. cap. You know, just perked me up a wee bit, you know, because I was a wee bit sluggish there, so... Because all I've done is just woke up today and then watched three movies for this podcast, and that's been it. So it's been a rather lazy first day off, you know. I had I had a day yesterday where I sat and watched four movies on the bounce, and I've not done that pretty much since the very early days of the pandemic. Mm. So I literally just lay there, four films back to back, and I enjoyed it. It was lovely, but I've just I've not done that much recently. And normally that would yeah. be sort of my general weekend. It would be at least one day of the weekend I would sit and watch four or five movies. But no, I haven't done it in ages. Maybe I'm watching like a movie a day or something. Maybe, maybe, maybe at most two movies in a day. But no, I sat and watched four films back to back and I very much enjoyed it. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, I'm not drinking anything tonight because I am on the down low because I am recovering from a hockey match last night. So I am drinking hot chocolate and about to go to my bed once we've done this. It's I'm such a hot yeah. chocolate before bed. <laughs> I, I, I'm so fucking tired right now because um, the game broke me last night. So sleepy. Um, <laughs> Yes, you text me very interestingly today, tell me that you actually have movie news today. Yes. So I am very intrigued by what you have. What's what's your movie news? Uh, Generally, I have three stories this week. I've started realising with this podcast um, that when it comes to Hollywood news, it's very much feast and famine. There's fuck all for weeks on end, and then all of a sudden, there's a truckload of news coming out. So... (laughs) The first one is, you know, two very small minor stories and then one major story. Okay. Uh, first one is a team of women have decided they're going to put back on their costumes and come back out again. Hocus Pocus 2 is officially on the cards. All three of these ladies have signed the deal and they're happy to go ahead with it. I mean, um, how did Richard feel about this? I I, I really enjoy Hocus Pocus. I think, it's, I think it's a really good film. I like it a lot. Um, it's one of those ones that I watch at Halloween. It's it's a lot of fun, and it's it seems to. This is, this is the thing they get now. This is it's a general thing you've seen across the viewers is the people who are watching films when they were like now when they were like tw- like eight to fifteen are now in charge. Mm. So they now want to bring back all the things that they liked when they were kids, which is totally fine. Yeah. That's 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 what you do. You you. you that nostalgia is there. So that's why, for example, like, we are both a fan of Kevin Smith. That's why he's doing Masters Universe. That's mm. in the zeitgeist just now. It's why they made a remake of Point Break recently. It's why they're doing things like that. You know, it's because the people who are in charge remember this stuff when they were kids and they want to bring it back. So Hocus Pocus is one of those films where I think everyone's got a lot of warm, fuzzy feelings about it. It's a good family film. It's fun. It's silly. It's just it's a, it's a good film. So yeah. 
people people want their kids to enjoy it. So now these people have got kids and their kids are now turning to the same age they were in that film country. They want them to experience that as well. So if it if it's good, then great. I'm sure we'll all love it. If it's not good, I don't care. I've still got Hocus Pocus and I still really like Hocus Pocus. So yeah, as long as it doesn't tarnish the first movie, that's where I pretty much stood on it because this is going like straight to Disney Plus, so it's not going to get a cinematic release anywhere. So, in my opinion, it's the perfect slot for it. You know, a kind of low level sequel that's may or may not trash the first movie. Yeah. It's fine, stick it on there for fucking service. A bad sequel doesn't trash the first movie, you can completely mm. ignore the sequel, you don't have to watch a sequel. Yeah. If, if bad sequels ruin the original, then we'd all hate The Matrix now. Well, the, the Matrix only had one movie. Exactly. Exactly. You know, so we all love The Matrix. You know, so a bad sequel does not ruin the original movie. It still make it still maybe still great. Okay. So that's good. So Hocus Pocus two. Barry's excited about it. Mm. Uh, next. Uh, next. Next one is Kevin Bacon wants to rejuvenate the Tremors series, uh, which I know he only starred in the first one for a moment, but unfortunately Kevin's having a bit of a tough time getting anyone to actually try and pick it up. Uh, and the last time it was uh, spoke about, a couple of like uh, movie companies have knocked it back, and then I, I can't find the name of it now, uh, some, some other company was like, well, how about we make it like a more shorter kind of TV mini-series? There was a TV series. Kind of... There had been a TV series of the Tremors already. Ah, okay, cool. So um, right now that's where the kind of conversations have stopped is because yeah. I don't think Kevin wanted to make it a, t- a mini-show. He wanted to, to be like a movie and try and kind of rejuvenate the franchise again. See, this weird because Kevin Bacon's relationship with Tremors is quite interesting because I read interviews with what I'm talking about and what he said is he... Considers that a real low point of his career when he took mm. on the the monster worm movie. You know, he, mm. he wasn't he felt he couldn't for whatever reason he couldn't get a good job, and this was somebody's like fuck. I need a job. I need something to pay. You know, keep his sidecar going, keep his health insurance going. So he took on the stupid worm movie. Didn't do well at the mm. cinema, but that film has became a phenomenon. A phenomenon. It's it's a proper cult hit. I love it. I fucking think Tremors is an amazing movie. I watch it almost every year. I've watched all the Tremors sequels. You know, that's where I drop and say I've never actually seen it. You haven't seen Tremors? Never. Oh, Tremors is fucking great. It's a proper great B movie. It's a genuinely fantastic film, right? Watch it. You know what? It's my days off. I think I might watch it. Don't watch any of the sequels because pretty much they're all ridiculously terrible. Um, I watched the number. I watched. I watched the number seven of it, which was on. Sorry, we're up to seven. We're up to seven and a TV series already. Um, I watched number seven, I think it was on Tuesday night. You know what? It's bad, but it's, it knows it's bad, so I'm okay with it. It's called Tremors uh, Shrieker Island. Um, I sat and watched that. So I'm all for any more tre- I'm all for Tremors. I'm pretty all for Kevin Bacon doing Tremors because the, the um, dynamic that he and Fred Ward had in Tremors is generally one of the great buddy acts, buddy kind of comedies you've seen in a movie. They play mm. off of each other absolutely brilliantly. You think they've been friends for you know fifty years the way they go on with each other. It's it's proper, it's a natural friendship that appears in it. Um the film itself, the original Tremors, it's clever, it's funny, it's it's got a wee bit of gore in it. It's a it's a genuinely great Friday night movie. I've so I went and seen it at cinema when they released it, like in a during the, um, during a festival, just to see it in the big screen and like in the cinema. I, even though I've been seen it a hundred times, absolute uproar. Everyone's fucking loving it. 
So nice. I'm all for Kevin Bacon returning to Tremors, and I'm glad to see that he's now found peace with it. That mm. something that he maybe found himself kind of embarrassed to do, maybe not want to do, that he did well, the job well. Because when he's in the film, he's very good in it. He plays it all well. And it's now got that like where he can now be kind of proud of it. And I'm, I'm happy for that. But I think it was a fucking great movie. And I will watch it at least once a year, every year. Nice. Well, like I said, at some point over the next three days, I will I will watch it and I will I will report back in the next episode. I cannot imagine for a second your, your wife has not seen Tremors. Oh, no, I think she has. I'm sure we've had this conversation. I'm okay. almost sure we've had it. Uh, okay, the last news... It's something we actually touched on. Uh, I'm not sure the episode, but it was a, a little while ago, but it's came back round again. And that is Amazon Neil's deal to buy Hollywood Studio MGM. Oh, yeah. And I, I left this one to the end because I assumed that you would have heard about this. Yes, uh, yes. Again. I think it's interesting. I think it's Amazon making a play for... Some serious know, amount of content for their platform. Yeah, like, Quality content as well. Yes. Good. Um, and also to be almost taken seriously in the cinema film industry. Yes. You know? Which is weird because they've done a lot of good films. A lot, a lot of the Amazon original stuff is excellent. We've, we've well, that's it. what I was going to say. Like a lot of the Amazon Studio stuff, like we've we've reviewed a lot of it and we always give it high praise. Yeah. I can't remember one that we didn't actually enjoy. Enjoy to some degree, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, I think it's. The only thing I hate about it, and this is coming from like sort of a, a cinephile person, mm. is that when a studio like this takes on our studio, it's mm. less places for people to go to try and get movies made. Yes. You know, that's my big issue with it. You know, if someone, if, if, if MGM reject your idea, you, you, you go to 20 different other places to get it. Now that's becoming even more and more, you know, you know one company can own everything eventually. Mm, you know, yeah. and, and that's the kind of sadness of it that if you know you can't really get something in there. And also, it's always a worry of what studios like this will do with the other studios they take over's content. You know, yes. so the Disney took over Sony. There's yeah. a lot of Sony films that they have the, that now they own the rights to that, I, that just might not see the light of day again for so long because they don't adhere to the Disney criteria, you know, the Disney sort of way they want to be. Yep. And I, I can imagine you. possibly. Amazon might be that way. Not maybe not quite maybe not quite the same degree with MGM, but I can imagine there'll be films in the MGM, you know, catalogue that Amazon maybe go, hmm, don't think we want to put that out there. And it's like that, you know, so, so stuff like that that worries me and access to movies and access to all movies is something the, that I'd like to see, you know, see more of. The one good <clears throat> excuse me. The one good thing I will say the kind of difference between the Amazon platform and the Disney platform is that Amazon can kind of dump a lot of content that's not suitable for kids on the platform, and it'll be yeah. totally fine there. Whereas Disney, as you know, they have to keep this kind of like image all the time, so they're always a lot more kind of stringent about what gets placed on their platform. Yeah. It's a lot more family orientated, a lot more kind of PG, and I don't know what's the next rating, like something thirty bucks off of it. Twelve. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's all that. Like, they have to always have that kind of image there. You know, you're never going to find like the soft franchise on Disney Plus, you know? I wouldn't so, think so, no. You know, so. They have been, the, the Disney Plus platform has got something on it now called Stars, which is uh -huh. sort of like the, the more adult stuff, you know, the more grown up kind of material. Um, mm. And there is some interesting stuff on that that it's sort of like, oh, shit, I can't believe they've actually put that out. So 
what the problem I've got is, and I know they've done it a couple of films, is I don't know what they've edited out because I can't remember some of the films. But there's a scene in um, Splash where they edit out or they blur out Daryl Hannah's ass going into the sea because it's not Disney, you know, seeing naked flesh like that. You know what I mean? It feels mm. odd. So I don't know how much they're doing that with, with, with other things, you know, how much are they taking out of other movies? So I, I, without knowing the film in, like intimately, you know, like some movies I do know, I'd be hard pressed to know what if they if they are making any sort of edits to these movies before they let them hit, before they let them go onto the platform. Mm. Ah, yeah. Well, time will tell. Hopefully, it seems like MGM's wanting to sell and Amazon's wanting to buy. They'll just have to try and nail down a price because this is now like the second minimum second time this story's came up, if yeah. not the third. You know, I so think, I think it's going to happen. Aye, aye. I think it will. Like. Uh, where the, oh, it doesn't even really say a price. They're, they're still ironing out the details, but they're looking. Well, actually, their biggest Amazon's biggest collection was like Whole Foods back in 2017, where they paid 13 billion. So I don't know how much they'll pay for. I MGM. think they're looking close, maybe not quite, maybe maybe sort of the eight to ten billion figure, possibly. Who knows? But yeah, I, I think it's going to happen, but just a matter of when it happens, really. Um, it's a yeah, MGM's been around since like the golden age of cinema. I know, I know. You know, they're yeah. like uh, the originals. Them, Fox Studios as well, you know, United Artists. You know, they've been around since the very beginning of cinema, and it seems kind of sad that they become just sort of enveloped by these giant behemoth corporations who it's become yeah. part of that as opposed to being something in its own. But who knows? Maybe it will bring good content, you never know. Um, like those were genuinely like... interesting stories you brought along oh. this thing. Oh, sorry, bud. Those are genuinely interesting stories you brought this thing. Thank you, thank you. You know, like I said, it's pure feast and famine with Hollywood. It's never a steady flow. It's either fucking trifle about Britney Spears or there's actual genuinely good, decent stories out there, you know? Shall we discuss the films we watched this week then? Oh, let's go for it. Let's go for it. So we'll start off with one that is appearing on Netflix, Netflix original, and that is called Woman, The Woman in the Window, directed by mm. Joe Wright who's known for directing things like Hannah and Anna Karenina, Darkest Hour, Pan, Atonement. So he's got some kudos. Um, but this film is an agrophobic woman who pretty much stays in an apartment, but she starts to sort of essentially spy on the neighbours across the road. She think, And then one night she thinks she sees something happen in their house, and then she begins to believe there's sort of foul deeds that are afoot. And as she tries to explain them and tries to get to the bottom of them, her own sanity begins to get questioned. That would be sort of the basic idea. Um, yep. you know, some would say it's just like Rear Window, and indeed it is just like Rear Window. But in this film, you've got Amy Adams, you've got Gary Oldman, Anthony Mackie pops up in it, White Russell pops up in it as well, Brian Tyree Henry, Henry, Juliana Moore, and Jennifer Jason Lee. So it's actually it's, it's a very, 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 very good cast. Yes. Um, what do you think of this one? This was all right. It kind of took a minute to get into it. It was um you know, it's it was kind of trundling along, and I thought it was going to be one particular movie without spoiling it because that is very fresh to Netflix. So I'm going to try and stay spoiler free as much as possible. Yes. Um, you know, it was trundling along doing one thing, and then it very quickly changed to another direction, and then kind of changed itself again yep. to like another direction, which was nice because I was like, oh, I'd completely never seen that coming. Yeah, because I legitimately just thought I was watching a woman like dreaming all of this 
Right, okay. Happening. Like, for a long time, that's what I thought was actually going on. Because of, like, any time she would, like, mention someone, they would just appear in the ah, house. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's, I've seen that kind of thing being played before in a movie. So that's why my mind started going that way. Look at you, like, sort of critiquing a film, like, sort of getting right into the proper, like, sort of mise-en-scene of a movie. But now, look at this. It's taking a hundred episodes, we're finally getting into this. Ah, oh, you know. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I, just, I don't know if it's just like, you know, you know, some days are better than all days. Some days are better. <laughs> Today, I literally woke up and just was like, I need to watch three movies, let's go. <laughs> okay. right, so that's where my mind was. Um, I thought the cast was fucking good as well. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I thought like Amy Adams played it really fucking well. She did. Like, she was excellent. I thought she was very, very good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's it's always a like it is something that I kind of think about a lot. Like because obviously we've got neighbours across the road, and I'm always like, I wonder how much they can actually see because I'm always a fan of keeping my fucking like living room door slightly ajar so like people can't actually see. But I'm always curious about like I wonder how much they can actually see. You know, they begin to uh, wonder how much these Barry needs to miss. walk around naked in the house, and how much are they seen now? Well, no, it's more me that walks about naked, and, <laughs> and I get shouted at by my missus. She's like, <laughs> it's like put it away. Um, I, I, I'm the same. I, I thought this was all right. Now, when I was watching it, Jill has read the book. Um, oh, is that a book? It's a book, and she told me uh, she couldn't really remember the book that well, but she remembered that it was a really stupid, ridiculous ending, and I won't like it because of the ending. And ultimately, she was right. The, the film builds up to something and it, and it does some really nice things. And you know, sort of, and Amy Adams' performance about a woman that's sort of suffering, they start questioning her own sanity, is really, is really well done. Um, and I was sort of invested in what, what was happening with that. Mm. But the ending is weak. I'm not going to ruin the ending for it, but I thought it was a yeah, really weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. felt like it felt so left field. I know, I know you were saying you like the twist and you like the turn, so you'd keep guessing. But I, this felt so off the road and you sort of ploughed into it. It felt like that doesn't really make any sense to be honest. So that was a bit of disappointment. I felt that was that felt like it was it, it was there to provide an ending without really justify not really without really earning the ending. Yes. Um, and as always in true the last stroke horror movie style runs up the stairs. Yeah. Through the fucking door. You're literally on the bottom floor. Your front door's in front of you and you go, nah, I'm going to go upstairs. Yeah. You're like, stop going upstairs. Um, it is solid home viewing. You know, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't, you know, tax you too much. I mean, it, it, you sort of, I would say it's a bit like listening to a podcast a wee bit, like one of those sort of like, eight, eight part of serial kind of podcast where you sort of like get, you get so invested in it but then if you go, Oh, right, that was it. It's all done. All done now. Oh, fair enough. Move on. It felt it had that kind of energy to it a little bit. Um, yeah. So you, you sort of you've kept interested in it. Probably does run a little bit longer than it needs to, and probably does slow down more than it needs to. And like I said, some of the twists and turns, although enjoyable in the time, and you sort of like you're kind of going, it has a shot while you're like, oh my god, don't really make that much sense. Um, yeah. For so, me, this doesn't have a lot of like rewatch value. No. At least for me, anyway. You know. No, definitely not. Um, but it looked nice. It looked very pretty. The film, you know, um, Joe Wright's a very good director. He knows how to you know, present a scene. Um, yeah. Always looked, you know, shadow tone was all, all really nice, and he kept the tone well done. We you know the idea of like sort of the thriller horror was there, but it's more thriller than horror to be honest. But he kept it mm. quite consistent. So yeah, it, 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 
it didn't feel cinematic to me. It did feel like a, like a straight to DVD movie, but but not a bad one. Just one you would watch. You probably recommend to your mum and dad to watch as well, and then you'd probably kind of forget about it. And Amy Adams has done better work than she's done better movies than this, but this is not a bad addition to her um, filmography. But it's not by any means, you know, and it's not like Seven or anything. It's an absolute Stonewall classic or anything. It's, it, it's solid without being spectacular. I would give it six and a half out of ten. I was joining you. I was going to give it six as well. Good. So that's Woman in the Window. That is on Netflix. Up next is one that's on Amazon Prime, and that is called Chick Fight, directed by Paul Layden, who directed a film called Come Back to Me, which I've not seen, and he's well known now for directing a TV show called Cleaners, which again I've not seen, but apparently it's okay. And the plot of this film is a woman who has, during a lock, her bakery has you know, burned to the ground. Her boyfriend has left her. She's living in a flat where her own roommate, I think, or her personal lover just keeps banging their roommate. She's not in a happy place. Um, but she finds her friend takes her along to a all-girl fight club where yeah. ladies like to get in the ring with each other and basically work out their, their energies. Um, the fight club itself is started by her mother who recently passed away and basically some people want vengeance on her for the mum being such a kick-ass fighter. And basically mm. she challenges all the badasses in the, the, the fight club to a brawl. And it's hard now having to learn how to train to be a, a fighter when she has sort of this little weak kind of girly girl, not really physical kind of woman. Mm. And it's hard to her, unlocking her inner bitch in many ways, um, an inner killer. Um, in the film, you've got Malin Ackerman, uh, Bella Thorne, Dolce Sloan, Kevin Conley, Alec Baldwin, Kevin Nash, and Fortune Finister. So an, an interesting cast. Um, I'll start with this one. This is really, I thought it was really silly. But for the most part, the heart of it is in the right place. You know, it's like, it's, it's got a kind of nice relative sweetness to it. I like, I like the, the women doing it for themselves and the girl power aspect to it. I enjoyed that bit to it. I would say I don't think Marlon Ackerman, who I do like as an actress, I don't think she's got the comedy chops to do this kind of film. It felt like she was really struggling to sort of nail the comedy. It reminded me of when I watched Scarlett Johansson in that Girls' Night film. You go, she's a good actress, but she's not got comic timing, you know, and I felt that was yeah. one of the things missing from it. Um, I would say, though, Alec Baldwin looked completely fucking bored out of his mind. He did not want to be there. He just, I don't know if that was a good yeah. thing, but he looked very bored. When I seen him drinking as the character as being an ex-trainer, I legitimately was sitting there thinking the same. I'm like, he looks bored and also actually drunk. I, it's like, almost like he just turned up and he, just, he happened to be there when he went to the bar and he yeah. just happened to film around him almost. because yeah. His role is completely superfluous and you can literally tell because he never really goes to more than like two locations. He, they pretty much shot him in like three, like two or three days, I bet you. Yeah. Like, that was on set for one or two days. But anyway, yeah. Ali Baldwin's in it as well. Um, the story could be seen a mile away. You knew exactly where it was going to go. You, you, there was no real surprises with it. Yeah. Unfortunately, well, this, was the, this was like the first movie in my list today. And I was like, I did find myself losing interest in it very quickly. Like, I was just thought maybe about 30 to 40 minutes into it. And I was like, right, I'm kind of over this already. Like, yeah. the story's really just weak. It's, it's not new. It's not new ground or nothing. It's just this. All right. Just this film. And then I had also problems with the actual like, ring in the fight club because <laughs> I, I don't know if they've done it from a filming point of view, but half of it's a fucking MMA cage 
and yeah. the other half of the ring is a boxing ring. Yeah. So you're like, well, what the fuck is this thing? It's like, it's what is it? Um, it does feel very much like a DVD watch. You know, it's one of the ones. Yeah. Definitely. Um, uh, but also, like, we do need to address the, the fact that her and her pal bumped down a fucking, like, shop just through absolute nothing but just just negligence. Yeah. You know? Right, absolutely. Just spits out fucking moonshine on the floor, doesn't clean it up, and then drops a fucking uh, a joint on it and then it ignites. I mean, that's just fucking re- reckless. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, there was some fun stuff on it though. I, I did kind of like the relationship between her and her dad. I thought that was really funny. Well, I was I was gonna say I actually really enjoyed the relationship when it came out that her dad was gay. I I fucking loved the relationship between him and um, his gay partner. Yeah. I fucking loved it. Uh, that that was actually the highlight, and I wish they get more screen time because they yeah. helped it. They were excellent, and I, th- I like the sort of. The way he was sort of like being very open with his new, his new like sort of relationship to his daughter, and the daughter just like, I don't need to know this, like sort of like just, so, <laughs> I, the, the sort of the triumvirate of like particularly the, the, like them as a couple was very funny and actually it's actually quite sweet as well. Like you could tell there was yeah. genuine affection between them, and then the daughter came into and sort of she was obviously trying to be sort of this like millennial, you know, very cool with it, you know, whatever makes her dad happy, happy. You could tell she was sort of just going, what the fuck is going on? You know, it's like, <laughs> and just the visual of them two together was very funny, you know, because the dad's like sort of this big, massive, like sort of, I don't know, is he a wrestler or something? But he's like Yeah, a, he's an ex-wrestler, yeah. He's like, what, six foot seven or something? That built like an he's absolute brick shit. Yeah. And then he's like, he's gay partners like this little tiny, effeminate, like, Korean man, <laughs> it's like, it, just, it, it, was, it was genuine, like sort of, it felt genuinely lovely and affectionate between the two. So that yeah. was one of my favourite things in the film. It um, was also good to see Kevin Conley. I haven't seen him in anything in a long time, so it was good to see him in like a movie again. What do you know Kevin Conley from? Uh, I'm trying to actually think. I'm hold on. I'm on his page there now. Hold on. Oh, fact, Entourage. That's what, he was like the he was Turtle from Entourage. Oh, dude, I can't believe you watched Entourage. I did. I smashed it all in like almost one sitting. Oh, for fuck's sake. I never went to see the Entourage movie. I'm just going, what the fuck? I mean, that the movie was a bad idea, but see the first, <laughs> okay. couple, of, the first, the first couple of seasons were actually genuinely like decent. Right, you know? okay. It's just, it, it grew very tired of itself very quickly. So, wasn't it? What's that, sorry? Entourage was based on the Wahlbergs, wasn't it? It was like Mark Wahlberg and his brother and stuff. That's sort of the basis of it, wasn't a lot of it? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was you know, loosely based on their yeah. life, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, we, did you have anything I had to check fight? Anything Anything else you sort of... Nah, I can maybe skip over it to be fair. Fair enough, okay. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm being kind to it. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. The, there was nice elements of it, I'm not yeah. going to lie. There was a couple of bits... As we just discussed, it helped it along. But yeah. see if they weren't there, it would have been fucking. I would yeah. have probably switched it off. So I'm giving it four out of ten. Oh, harsh, harsh. But yeah, yeah. but there's some. You're right. There's some. There wasn't. There wasn't a lot there to it. And final movie of the week is the one that's on Netflix just now, doing gangbusters on Netflix right now, actually, and it's called Oxygen. It's a French mm. movie by Alexander Aja, and it's his first movie back in France for a long time. And um, he. 
I don't know if you remember this film, but he jumped to like sort of fame back in the sort of the early 2000s, a film called Switchblade Romance. Do you remember that? Um, it was a like it was a very fucking uber violent um, woman on revenge type movie. It was exceptionally violent. Very, very good, but insane, like sort of Tarantino-esque violence. Oh, very, right, very okay. Um, Probably he, not. He's also done things like he's done Crawl recently, one of the big alligators in that, trying to take the girl out, which I really like. Um, mm. done, the Hill, done the Hills of Eyes remake, which was genuinely ah. really well done. Um, and also done Piranha 3D, which had Kelly Brook naked, so I mean, we can all find something in, in that. Um, and this the auction is about a woman who she wakes up in like sort of a, a pod, essentially like sort of like almost like a like a medical pod, um, a mm. futuristic one, and she can get out. And yeah, auction is like thirty three percent. She's got to try and find her way out, but at the same time, she's completely lost memory. Memory. She has no idea who she is or why she's there, and she's trying to piece together her life so she can try and understand why she's there and more importantly how to get out. Um, yeah. Essentially, there's only one person in the film, and that's Melanie Laurent, who yeah. If you've ever seen Glorious Bastards, she plays the cinema owner, the one who escapes from... Oh, nice. Yeah, the one who escapes, she's, she's her. Um, there are some other people in it who but literally there's mainly a voice in it, and one person pops up very, very briefly in a sort of almost like cameo, but you, I don't know who he was, but he's been it very, very little. Um, what do you think of this one? I was worried about this one for you. This felt very artsy. It felt very something not in your wheelhouse. What did you think well, of this one? Bear with me, and I will stay spoiler-free again, because this yeah. is... Pretty new to Netflix, so it is like just, just I don't even think it's been out a week, so we will stay spoiler free now. So bear with me when I say this, okay? Now, thinking of the ending, right? Okay. So, everything that's happening and then the ending, uh huh. I literally sat there, and my first thought when the credits rolled was that movie was just wasting time, really. But that being said, mm-hmm. I did enjoy it, but right, because of the because of the way it ends, I just right, sat there and I'm like, she literally just fucked about. That's how she done. I'm, like, with, I'm, I'm wishing that she she finds a way to save herself, sort of a way to sort of like almost rescue herself that felt could have been done in the first two minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm so I'm sitting there like, but so you so. So you're in the pod, you start trying to remember who you are. Why don't you just go, uh, something doesn't seem right here. And then just quickly figure it out and go back to sleep again. You know? Again, what would say, I, I really like this one. I really enjoyed this film. Oh, I, thought, no. I thought she was excellent in it as well. But a very smart, very well-conceived thriller. And amazed, what I was amazed about how the director made the one location not feel dull. Exactly. All right. You know, you know, I think I think it helped. Def, it definitely helped having that, a, the long interactions with the like the kind of fancy version of like Siri. Right. It's like that very much helped it. Like, see if that wasn't there or it was only very intermittent. I think yeah. it would have been dull because it almost felt like having a like another person there, albeit you couldn't see them, but it was there. Also, this did actually for for coming out the now. This did actually hit home quite hard the now because of what we're all going through. It was yeah. like when it was doing like flashbacks to her life and when she was trying to piece it all together. You were sitting there just like, yeah, this is a this is a wee bit close to home. I, mean, really, I think it was written and started production before the pandemic. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just like I say, it's just like, well, fair enough, fair enough, yeah. you know. Um, but what we say, we talk about it when our film just we talk about it, sorry, with um, with Women in the Window. This again had a sort of a very much like a podcasty delivery, yeah, yeah, you know, and it's like every episode, and it's not episode, but every moment you get to a certain point where there's a problem, it's a little bit cliffhangery. Mm. And then within a bit, you'll fix the problem and you move on to the next problem. But it, it, it sort of, but you feel like all the problems you're either fixed at the one time or you know, really all at the one moment. But they need to parcel them out, a story out over this 90 minutes to try and obviously keep interest, which is totally, which totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I really dig, I really, I really dug it in a big way. Well, I dug the first two thirds of it. The third act, it takes a couple of big leaps in order to bring a conclusion to the movie. Yeah, and it's it's mostly satisfying, but also a little bit like you said, a bit kind of like, eh, not sure. I'm not really sure if I'm loving it, but I enjoyed. About, I think this sounds like an hour and forty minutes long. Yeah, it's pretty I mean, tight. Pretty I enjoyed tight. an hour and thirty-two minutes of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I do believe we're probably going to get to that point, and the like with like AI and stuff like that but when the penny drops with her I do believe there's we will accidentally get there ourselves yeah. we will we will accidentally do that you know probably, probably my least favorite person will be involved um, yes yeah um it reminded me of a film have you seen the film buried with Ryan Reynolds yeah yeah it's all shot in the coffin thing. coffin or indeed like Locke remember Locke with Tom Hardy yeah all in the car what one you prefer Lock buried or this? Uh, I'm gonna say lock just because it was a for me it was a wee bit more interesting. Fair enough. And I don't want to get uh, beaten up the night. Ah, you you've got you've got living a house with Tom Harley super fan. Um, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom Harley's advertising a car right now. What is it? Are you, is are you gonna have to buy one? I don't know. I don't know. You have to check. There's a, I keep seeing the advert when I'm watching the hockey, and it's Tom Harley advertising some car. Um, you have to figure out what one is so you can say if you can buy one or not. Um, but yeah, no, I, I dug this film in a big way, Oxygen. It, it's it's compelling. Again, I don't know if I'd watch it again, but mm. for I was really impressed with what, what a guy done with a camera to keep you interested in a one location like this for literally 90 minutes. Yeah. You know? yeah. And to make the the capsule not seem like small or seem boring, like it wasn't just the same shot over and over again. It was like mm. it found a real interesting variety of, of shots to keep you compelled to watch it. So mm. I know I really dug this film. I really liked it. Um, it might not be for everyone, but I found it very satisfying and a really, a really well yeah. done watching. Just satisfied. I feel we can talk a bit more in depth about it off mic without well off recording without spoiling it for everyone. But it's like you know, there's a few points that I can't really bring up because it literally spoils the whole entire movie. Yeah. But for the most part, I did actually really enjoy it. Yeah, you know? I'm giving it a very solid 8 out of 10. Yeah, me too. I was giving it 8 out of 10 as well. Nice. Enjoyable. Next week, we have... So that's what done for this week. Next week, we have Army of the Dead on Netflix, which is Zack Snyder's return to the zombie genre with mm. Dave Batista doing Dave Batista things. Um, yeah, that's an odd choice. I'm not going to lie. Trust me, I've watched it already, and believe me, odd choice. Um mm. At the cinema this week is Those Who Wish Me Dead with Angelina Jolie. And so we're going to try and watch that one at the cinema this week. So I'm looking forward to that one. And quite honestly, I have not found a third movie to watch yet. So I'm going to have to try and look for something and let you know. Okay. But we're definitely going to review those two. 
possibly spiral if if we can get to the cinnamon sea spiral, but don't know, don't know yet. And um, we'll, we'll see. We can we see we can kind of kind of rub together and find out. Um, but we'll, we'll definitely get a bubble up at Edinburgh. That's what you need to do. We can get to, go to Falkirk. Go to Falkirk. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so that's us for this week. Bye, tip away to find us. All the usual social media haunts at Three Beers in a Movie Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Come join the party. That's great. And for this week, I've been Richard. You've been Barry. And you've been listening to Three Beers in a Movie.